0: Assalamu alaikum everyone, it's Halima Kagali and welcome to another episode of the Quran Lifestyle Show. Assalamualaikum and welcome back for day 5 of Ramadan Transformation Week. SubhanAllah, can you believe it's day 5 already? Time really does fly right? Okay so today I'm going to be talking about a subject that I feel really passionate about and I think it's super important in this run-up to Ramadan and that is the subject of confidence. And I say it's important we discuss even though some people might not really realise it it's because, you know, in previous training, we've already established the fact that we're all essentially trying to seek through Ramadan some type of positive change and growth in our life, right? Essentially, with all of us trying to ultimately transform our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the Qur'an. And as you know, in order to make any change, in order to grow in anything in life, it requires you to have some confidence and courage, right? And that's because growth often lies on the outskirts our comfort zones and change is something that obviously relates to the unknown so it can naturally make us feel a little bit anxious or fearful and hesitant so really having a better understanding and being able to master certain habits and practices relating to confidence inshallah is going to help you to really be able to experience that positive change and growth you want in ramadan and hopefully it's going to help you to feel good doing it as well okay so today i want to share with you four quranic ideas i have that have personally benefited me that I, I'm really hoping can serve you as well inshallah, in helping to develop your levels of confidence and I want because I really want you to be able to push yourself beyond the boundaries of your comfort and the boundaries of the known so you can really start experiencing some serious transformation this Ramadan. Okay the first Quranic idea I have for you it relates to your beliefs. You know a lot of people they go through Ramadan with these really honorable intentions and good plans for bettering themselves and bettering their relationships with Allah etc but they never quite feel enough and that really holds them back you know they don't believe that they're either worthy enough to come close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for example or they don't believe that they're ready enough to make positive change in their life etc and what you'll find is that instead of just addressing their issues of confidence because that can be quite painful people often start to place conditions on themselves. So they start creating this mental list of things that they have to do or to have or to be in order to believe themselves qualified enough or to give themselves permission to feel the confidence they need to get those goals worked on and completed. But you know, the reality is that regardless of what it is that you don't feel qualified enough in, whether that's your Iman or your intentions or your intellect, etc. I want you to always remember one key lesson that we learn in the Quran again and again highlighted so many times for us that can really save you from that facade that's only gonna delay you from working on your goals and feeling the confidence levels that you need to achieve things and that is this you know Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la, he doesn't call the qualified he qualifies those he calls let me repeat that for you Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us in the Quran so many times that He does not call the qualified, He qualifies those He calls. You know, when you look into the Quran and you see, for example, the greatest of creation, the MBA, the Prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they themselves, is illustrated for us that they didn't necessarily feel ready or qualified enough when they were given prophethood. That's why Allah SWT, He intentionally mentions for us in the story of Musa, for example, that you know, when he was given prophethood, what did he immediately do? He immediately began expressing his fear about approaching Fir'aun. He, you know, he in- instantly starts questioning how he's going to be able to carry this message to Fir'aun when he had a speech impediment. So you see, he didn't necessarily feel brave enough to stand in front of the tyrant. He didn't necessarily feel skilled enough in speech to be able to relay that message. Even if you look at the example of Muhammad you know when the Qur'an was first revealed to him he was totally bewildered. He wasn't sure if he had lost his mind or not. And when he spoke to Waraqah, the cousin of his wife Khadijah, and this was a man of course who was very well known in, uh, very learned in scripture and he confirmed his prophethood for him. In a statement that he made, we know that he said to the Prophet Muhammad he said, I wish uh, you know, I was young and I could live at that time when I would see you know your people turn you out so that i could support you and what was the prophet's reaction he was shocked right he said will they drive me out that wasn't somebody who felt prepared for the hostility that was coming right this was a man who had a very well-established reputation was very well respected and liked by everyone i share these examples with you so that you can remember that you might not feel ready for whatever Allah He calls you for this Ramadan But you know if you have this sincerity and you just put in the effort to start Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he will qualify you you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after he announced prophethood uh, with Musa he gave Musa Harun for assistance didn't he Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he protected Musa from Fir'aun by opening the very seat uh, for him subhanahu wa you know you just do your part and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will deliver you know what qualifies you for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's assistance again simply is your sincerity and your effort. So you focus on that. That's within your control and your ability, and it doesn't actually require any prerequisite. All of these examples in the Quran are examples of how we should take action regardless of our circumstances. Because our confidence it comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it can be found in that belief that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies those he calls. You know there are various different sources through which you can really start to build empowering beliefs to help you develop your confidence and some of those are included by the way in your worksheet down below for you to go through inshaAllah but what I want to mention here is the greatest source of them all and that is through the Quran itself. Because you know I'm telling you wallahi when you read the Quran and you come across ayat like in those in Surah al-teen where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says for example that he created you in the best of forms or when you study the Quran and you come across verses like in Surah al hajj where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he directly tells you that he sees something in you there's a potential that qualifies you to struggle in his service and that's why he personally selected you for la ilaha illallah when you come across verses and you study the Quran um, like those in Surah Al-Mu'minun where Allah SWT, he, he tells us that he actually already created a house for us in Jannat Al-Firdaus and that he has these high expectations of us because he knows that we're capable and he gave us all of the important opportunities to achieve it then you'll not be able to feel anything less than the greatest source of confidence because you know, these are things not that you read in a, in a book or you hear from a friend that might or might not be true. But these are all facts stated by the ultimate source of knowledge and truth, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who created us and knows us best. Now the second Qur'anic idea I have for you inshallah to develop your levels of confidence even more is your focus. And it's really important to know that whatever you choose to focus on, from all the things that are exposed around you, whether that's positive or negative, you actually program your brain to directing all of its energy and drive to achieving that result. And that's because, as they say, where focus goes, energy flows. And it's important to know as well that whatever you focus on, you end up feeling. Now we see the power of focus and the impact that it can have on our levels of confidence demonstrated in the Quran through two contrasting examples. So that's the example of the focus of Musa and the focus of Firaun. Now many of you know that Firaun he once had a dream. He had this premonition that a man from Bani Israel would one day overthrow him, right? And it was after that incident that Firaun he made a choice to focus on this negative fear of his. He consciously dedicated all his lifelong thoughts and his actions to try to prevent that prophecy from coming true. And so he naturally lived his day-to-day life in turmoil and full of worries as opposed to confidence. And we see that by the insane lengths that he went to, you know, the extreme actions that he took based on that simple dream. So for example, how he began that mission by horrifically ordering all of the male children of Ben Israel to be slaughtered, right? But subhanallah it was his very actions that stemmed from that obsessive focus on his negative fear that actually resulted in that child being delivered to the very doorsteps of his palace and it actually led Musa to growing up in his household as a son and eventually being overthrown because as we know that his order to kill in the first place subhanallah is what led the mother of Musa uh, to placing him in the basket down the river Nile and that led to him being taken to Firaun's home so subhanallah you can see the power of uh, focus and how it affects your levels of confidence as well. Now if you look at Musa on the other hand, you know one of the primary goals and focuses of his prophethood was given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was to free Bani Israel from Iran, right? And when we look at his story we see the powerful effects of his positive focus and the impact that it had on his confidence as well because in the quran you know allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he, he tells us about the incident when musa he fled egypt with his people and they had reached the red sea and they became lodged between a mountain on one side of them the red sea in front of them and then the oncoming army of fir'aun now despite the bleak outlook and the negative questions and doubts that started to come from members of many israel when they found themselves in that very dire situation we're told that Musa, because of his positive focus, he was actually consistently moving through the crowds of Bani Israel with Harun and Yusha Nun, looking for a practical solution for his people. And the impact of that positive focus on his confidence can be seen in that profoundly beautiful statement that he said to Bani Israel when he said, Qala kalla, inna rabbi sayahdi. And you know, with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we see the successful results that his positive focus and his confidence had in freeing Bani Israel. With that said, if in your mind you're going into Ramadan focusing on your doubts and your worries, if you're internally constantly questioning your self-worth and your self-esteem, you're asking yourself you know, whether you're worthy of a relationship with Allah, whether you're a good enough Muslim or a hypocrite for engaging with the Qur'an, or you question whether you know you're really smart enough or strong enough to make positive transformations in your life, then how can you expect to feel more confident in yourself and how can you expect to achieve the positive things you want deep down inside? You can't, right? Okay, so how then do we effectively redirect our focus uh, to a more empowering and positive way of thinking to help you gain more confidence inshallah and to really help you take the positive action that you need? Well you can manipulate your focus through the use of strategic questions and as we've established in session one in clarity strategic questions are very very powerful Quranic tool right because when what we said is that you know when we ask our brain a question it's always going to provide you with an answer to support the belief that's insinuated right so when you ask yourself why am I rubbish your brain's going to give you 50 reasons to believe that right instead of instead you can ask yourself empowering questions like you know what am i focusing on right now that's making me feel a lack of confidence or what can i focus on right now to give me more extraordinary levels of confidence and on that day one remember how we said that the you you discover this uh tool of strategic questions from the quran through the fact that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself constantly asks us strategic questions and he praises those who ask them as well So what I've done is that I've included some of those strategic questions in your worksheet uh, for today as well that you can download and you can just get yourself in the habit of regularly asking asking yourself them and that's just going to help you to positively redirect your focus, focus inshallah to help you feel more greater levels of confidence moving forward. And just so you know, remember I did tell you in day one that you're going to find strategic questions mentioned a multitude of times throughout Ramadan Transformation Week. So please do utilize strategic questions as much as you can. Now the third Quranic idea I have for you to develop your confidence levels, it relates to your physiology, so the way that you utilize your body. Okay, so the reality is that a lot of people, they kind of wait around for certain events or experiences to happen to them in their life to start feeling confident about themselves. So they think, I'm going to feel more confident when I attain this kind of qualification, or when I lose this amount of kg, or when I attain this person's love, for example. When the truth is, you can instantly create the feelings of confidence that you want, or any feeling in fact, when you consciously utilize the physiology of your body. And that's because as they say, motion creates emotion. Because you know, when you choose to embody the typical physical traits that define a certain emotion, whether that's positive or negative, you can instinctively create and amplify those associated feelings. So as you go into Ramadan, remember that to feel confident enough to start engaging and reading the Qur'an, for example, it doesn't necessarily require you to have an ijazah in tajweed. In order for you to have confidence to start building an emotional connection with the Qur'an this Ramadan, it doesn't require you to go for Umrah and to make Tawbah at the Haram, for example. You know, the confidence to do those things, you can consciously start to manifest them through simply the way that you choose to use your body. You know we see the effects that our physiology has on our emotions demonstrated for us in the Quran through two different contrasting incidents. So if you visit the story of Musa a.s. in Surah Al-Namal, you know we're told about the incident where Allah subhanahu wa taala he spoke directly to Musa in a meeting, right? And Allah subhanahu wa taala in that meeting he showed Musa a miracle where his staff transformed into a stick, and we're told that Musa, uh, sorry, into a snake. And then we're told that Musa was so scared by that, that he physically ran away. Now, let me ask you, when you feel scared, what kind of bodily traits do you experience? You experience increased heart rate, right? Breathlessness, adrenaline pumping around your body. Now, when you physically run, let me ask you, what things happen to your body as a result? Your heart rate increases, right? You become more breathless, there's a lot of adrenaline running in your body. So do you see how Musa's physical response to his fear only actually intensified that fear and trapped him in that emotional state? You know we're told in that verse subhanAllah that he never came back because of it. Okay so now contrast that with the incident in Surah Taha where Musa he was confronted by the magicians of Egypt in that public duel before all of the people of Egypt. You know Allah tells us that once again Musa he naturally felt fear in his heart right? And some mufassireen, subhanAllah, say that there could have been up to 15,000 magicians that he was faced with in front of, you know, on top of all of that crowd that's watching as well. So naturally he would feel fear. But there was a, you know, significant difference highlighted here. In this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that Musa chose in this incident to conceal his fear. How did he conceive fear only in his heart? By not allowing those emotions to be visibly transferred onto his limbs. So instead of choosing, you know, so instead he chose to display physical characteristics of confidence and strength. So by standing tall and firm, for example. And in doing that, it allowed him to control and to lower the intensity of his fear or to even potentially eliminate it. And that is the power of physiology. So to free yourself from any emotions that are associated with a lack of confidence for yourself, like fear or anxiety, you just need to consciously choose to break free of those associated physical states. So you need to stop with the shallow and rapid breathing, you need to stop curling up your body, you know, your body position in that way. You need to stop folding your arms and legs, um, you know, trying to mentally block things out and protect yourself. We need to stop all the nervous fidgeting and the biting our nails etc because you know these physical characteristics are only going to imprison us in our feelings of anxiousness. Instead, we must choose to embody the physiology that encourages the positive feelings of confidence that we want to experience to actually be felt. So by standing taller, by lifting our heads up a bit more, by opening up our bodies and using certain gestures, like um, also keeping you know strong eye contact, breathing more deeply, etc., just always remember that motion creates emotion. Okay, the fourth and the last Quranic idea I have for you for developing your levels of confidence this Ramadan, it relates to momentum. You know, it's when we stop having momentum in our lives, we begin experiencing feelings of feeling lost or confused, we start, feeling down and doubting ourselves, So we start experiencing a lack of confidence. You know, a lot of people, they think that it's simply the decisions that they make in their life that's the most important thing, that it's their decisions that's gonna define who they are and their success, etc. when that isn't completely true. Because although your intentions are powerful and they're necessary in order to move forward in a direction, the truth is that a lot of people, they decide to do a lot of good things in their lives, but they don't actually do it, right? Especially in Ramadan a lot of people they have these good intentions but they don't seem to actually uh, action those things. So some people for example they decide to be a more patient and loving uh, child to their parent or they decide to uh, pray their prayers on time or to read more Qur'an for example but again like I said they don't actually do it. And that's because the act of making a decision, of having this attention alone, although it's praiseworthy and even in Islam it's rewarded, it doesn't directly cause something to manifest into something real, right? That happens when you have disciplined action and that's why you get another reward in Islam when you actually act on your good intentions and it's why interestingly in Islam, Iman, faith, is determined as what's in the heart as well as what's on the limbs. subhanAllah. What I'm saying is that you can choose to be confident in your life right now if you wanted to by simply having the intention, and yes, that will help. But if you really wanna start feeling unbreakable confidence, and you really want confidence, confidence to start naturally emanating from within you consistently long-term, then that's achieved when you start moving forward towards your goals through taking consistent action and building momentum. Because when you take action and you build momentum, there's a few different things that happen. You start to develop competency, for example, so you get better at things and you're able to regularly acknowledge and connect with those strengths that you're building. You also get to uh, begin consistently hitting milestones too, so you become charged knowing that you're growing. And by consistently facing the challenges over time, your challenges appear more daunting as well. And as you start beginning experiencing smaller wins that you can then celebrate that's going to allow you again to internalize and connect with your progress. And all of these things, they empower you and they help to naturally build your confidence levels. You know the importance of momentum is illustrated beautifully in the Quran through two very similar um, ayat. One of them is found in Surah Al-Baqarah and the other one is found in Surah al anfal And they both deal with fighting in the path of Allah and if uh, that context relates to specifically to the battle of badr now for those who don't know that context context the muslims they essentially were being really harshly oppressed and they had been unjustly expelled from their homes and without having actually initiated any violence themselves they became justified to fight back for their homes but the reality was that they were very few in number. They didn't have a lot of military resources, while the Quraysh on the other hand, they were very powerful and had you know, a lot of manpower and resources. And in Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, he says to the Muslims, fight them until there is no more tribulation and the deen belongs to Allah. Whereas in Surah Al-Anfal, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says, fight them until there is no more tribulation and the deen in its entirety belongs to Allah. Now, although these two ayats sound very similar, you will have noticed there is a difference in the command that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala issued to the Muslims in these two verses. One is to fight until the deen belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, while the other is to fight until the deen in its entirety belongs to Allah. And interestingly, that difference is because of the difference in timing of the revelation. So, um, the verse in Surah Baqarah was revealed before the Battle of Badr, while the ayat in Surah Anfal was revealed afterwards. Now when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he told the Muslims before the Battle of Badr in Surah Baqarah to fight until the religion belonged to Allah, it's really important that we understand that when anyone at that time of revelation in that region thought of the deen or the religion of Allah, they immediately would think of the Kaaba and Mecca, And that's because everyone's idols were in Mecca. So the Muslims understood that to mean that yes they would need to fight because they were being expelled and oppressed but they would need to continue fighting until Mecca belonged to Allah, until the Kaaba was cleansed of all these idols because the tribulation and the corruption mentioned in that verse um, that needs to be overcome is talking about the spread of false religion. Now when the ayah in Surat Al Anfal was revealed, after the Battle of Badr, it told the Muslims that they would actually need to continue fighting until the religion in its entirety belonged to Allah, meaning until the whole of the region was cleared of false religion, not just the, uh, the Kaaba and Mecca. And as I'm sure you'll agree, that is a substantially more weightier commandment, right? That is a bigger goal for them. There is a great lesson for us to learn in the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he gave the Muslims an order on two different scales according to two different periods of time on their journey. The first ayah was revealed as I said before the Battle of Badr where the Muslim situation looked very bleak, you know they weren't sure how things were going to turn out, the odds were certainly not in their favour because they were obviously around 300 of them whereas the Quraysh um, were uh, around 1000 subhanAllah. But as you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he granted the believers an extraordinary and tremendous victory in the Battle of Badr, right? And it was after that a victory that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to them again once more the same verse as a reminder that they would still need to fight but their task this time was a lot greater, they had a heavier duty for fulfill, to fulfill. And the reason that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he waited to reveal the full extent of his commandment till after the battle was because the Muslims were now empowered, they were more confident in their ability as a result of the actions and the momentum that they had developed. So they felt a lot more capable of moving ahead with that greater challenge. You know, had the verse of Surah Al-Anfal be, been revealed uh, to the Muslims before Badr, the likelihood is that they would just be intimidated, right, by that vision that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had for them. They would have thought it would, it's just too big a goal to achieve and they wouldn't have had the confidence to pursue it. But as a result of their actions and that momentum that they gained first, where they you know, got to celebrate the smaller, more immediate milestones, it really helped give the Muslims a greater level of confidence in their abilities to go on and achieve more, to actually cleanse the entire region of shirk subhanallah. So Allah in his perfect knowledge of us as his creation, he basically demonstrated for us in the Quran and these verses how we as human beings, how we best operate on a cognitive level. It teaches us that although vision is really important for us to have, because it gives us direction and inspiration that we need, and that's why we, of course we spent you know, a lengthy time in day one talking about that in depth, your momentum is actually key to you attaining the confidence you need to pursue those goals in the first place. So always remember the importance of momentum when it comes to your self-confidence. Okay, so with that said, I hope you enjoyed and you benefited from this session Inshallah. As always, I highly encourage you to download and fill out that worksheet today because you know, if there's no deeper introspection in life, then there's no bigger change. And I also encourage you to participate in the chat role below as well. I'd like to hear what you loved most about this training today. And if you haven't already, then please go over and join our private Facebook group, Ramadan Transformers, where you're going to find amazing like-minded community for yourself who are going to be a great, you know, source of support for you. Not just going through the remainder of this um, program, but throughout your whole Ramadan journey too, inshallah. Now, as you will have noticed, as we're now moving through Ramadan Transformation Week, some of those episodes are starting to lock now, Right. We are now on day five and we only have two days left of Ramadan Transformation Week being released in real time. And so now a lot of people are starting to focus on trying to catch up on all those videos, getting access to the worksheets they might have missed. So I urge you to go and watch the videos that you need to catch up on, download the worksheets that you need because they are going to go away soon. You know, at the top of this page, what you'll notice is there's a menu bar with all the previous day's training. So you can simply just scroll through those and click to watch any of the videos um, that you have missed out on, that you need to replay, that have not been yet locked. But please take heed, you know, each of these episodes are only available to watch for 72 hours. And by the end of this week's training, they are all going to be removed. So for those people who are asking me, you know, where can I get access to the full recordings? there's good news inshallah, we're going to put all of the recordings of Ramadan Transformation weeks with all of their worksheets up in a members area where you can actually have instant lifelong access to it for free for people who are going to be signing up to the Qur'an blueprint masterclass program this Ramadan inshallah. Now if you haven't heard about that masterclass before, it's basically a very unique and comprehensive online course where I teach a very powerful four step process that will help you to completely transform your Qur'an relationship, inshallah, so that you can transform your life and reap the endless joys of living a true Qur'an lifestyle. If you remembered, I actually shared a very simplified version of that extraordinary four-step model in day one's training, right? Well, this masterclass is where I'm gonna be going in full depth. I'm gonna be teaching you step-by-step step how you can achieve all of your Qur'an heart goals, inshallah. Remember, we spoke about those all-important, deeper emotional and spiritual needs of your heart that they have uh, that they seek in their relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the Quran like personal connection and relevance like love and emotional depth like better integrating the Quran into your life etc well what you're going to have is in that masterclass you're going to be giving lifetime access to over 15 plus hours of training over 10 worksheet uh, workbooks inshallah to help you achieve all of that so that you can establish a deeply meaningful and fulfilling friendship with the, with the Quran inshallah Anyway, I'm going to be going into, you know, more about that masterclass program in upcoming sessions because, you know, it's not actually currently open for registration. But I wanted to let those know who have been asking about how they can get the replays and the recordings for Ramadan Transformation Week. So, yes, we are going to be giving free lifetime access to all of those videos and worksheets for people who have signed up for the Qur'an Blueprint Masterclass, inshaAllah, where I'm going to be giving it as a bonus free gift. You know, like I said, I'm gonna be announcing that in upcoming days, but here I just wanna to highlight to you that the episodes are starting to lock. And I wanna give you a fair warning so you're able to watch all the ones that you need now while we're still going through this uh, program in real time. As this is actually my pre-Ramadan gift for you, to you, inshallah. Okay, so to end here, I just wanna give a shout out to the whole Qur'an rehab community. You know, you have all been so supportive of Ramadan transformation can alhamdulillah. You know I deeply appreciate you participating in the chat role, in the Facebook group, for inviting all of your family and friends to sign up and benefit from this program and just for all of the the beautiful messages and du'as that you've been sending me on social media and emails. You know it has been so heartwarming alhamdulillah. Jazakallah khairun for that. Okay so today was day five of Ramadan Transformation Week and it's complete. Now I'm gonna see you tomorrow inshallah for a session on commitment and self-discipline and this is a huge topic. That's gonna be about you learning how to get yourself to do the necessary work that you need in Ramadan even when things get hard, even when you don't feel like it or you're just faced with so many distractions. I'm going to be sharing four amazing Quranic ideas to get you to commit to your goals. Because you know motivation, it comes and goes, right? But self-discipline is what really distinguishes the successful from those who just simply dream. You know, this is one of my favorite topics to teach because it has been a game changer in my own personal life, alhamdulillah. So I can't wait for that. But until then, inshallah, take care. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa If you are yet to join Ramadan Transformation Week Challenge, then please head over to QuranRehab.com to get access to all of the videos and those all-important worksheets that are actually going to help you implement everything you're learning into your personal life, inshaAllah. Also be sure to join the private Facebook group, the Ramadan Transformers, where you're going to be able to connect with like-minded, aspirational Muslims like yourself. It's a fantastic place to get support and motivation throughout the training and throughout Ramadan. It's a fantastic place to participate in great discussions and questions. And you'll be able to find out more about our fantastic giveaways on there as well that we are offering for this week only. So don't miss out.